At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. Hey, what's up, boys and girls? We're back. We have a super podcast for you today because we have a super guest that is so knowledgeable in HRVs slash ERVs, it blows my mind that how someone can sit there without a book in front of them and just spit this kind of knowledge at you, okay? Uh, true professional, and I'm going to get to that in one minute, but I got to bring something up. I listen to my podcasts, and it's difficult for me to do that because nobody likes to hear the sound of their own voice. It gets a little bit easier over time, but I still cringe when I hit that play button. And because I do that, I just want to correct myself on two um, aspects there. One, last week I talked about refrigeration technologies, um, ice machine cleaner, and I called it nickel free when in fact it's not nickel free, it's nickel safe. That's my bad, that's my mistake. Okay, the other correction I wanted to make a few weeks ago I was talking about my yellow jacket automotive fittings that slap onto the piping of a car for the air conditioning system. I called one of them yellow. Well, in fact, they're red and blue. All right, blue for the suction side, for the low side, and red for the high side of the system. So I want to make that correction. Okay, today on the podcast, we have a gentleman called Jean Pachier. Okay, Jean is a senior technician with Venmar. He's been there for 33 years, and the man is super smart when it comes to ventilation, HRVs, ERVs, where to install them, how to install them, when to run them, when not to run them, high speed, low speed, all kinds of cool interesting information Jean is going to tell us during this podcast okay so listen up pay attention guys it's going to be a good one this is the HVAC know-it-all podcast I'm your host Gary McCready so on this true tech tools minute I'm going to talk about a screwdriver that I used to own and I lost and I was very upset when I lost it because it was my favorite screwdriver for a very, very long time. And that's the Klein 4-in-1 electronic screwdriver. It's a little mini screwdriver. has a couple of Phillips bits, like zero and double zero. And it's got a couple of real nice small slotted bits for getting into circuit boards and very small terminals on thermostats and whatnot. So really cool screwdriver, guys. It's on sale for less than 10 bucks at TrueTech Tools right now. And, as always, 8% off the price of your purchase with promo code know-it-all. If you guys want to save on Testo stuff, there's going to be a link in the podcast notes or go to my homepage, hvacknowitall.com, click the True Tech Tools logo and fill out the form. Okay, so yesterday I pulled out my Testo 320 and I was doing something that I hadn't really done before. And that was using it on rooftop units, sticking it at the ends of the flue where the vent exits or where the flue gases exit the rooftop. Okay, I posted the pictures on social media and the, the feedback was mixed. 
Some people do it. Some people don't. Some people think it's a waste of time. Well, anything that allows you to learn is not really a waste of time, if time permits on your job, okay? So I didn't find anything crazy, and it's not like I was able to create any kind of a baseline or anything like that. It was just kind of experimental. Now, the rumor mill is if you fire up a burner, all right, and it stabilizes, when that fan kicks in, if there's a crack in the heat exchanger, your oxygen level will start to increase. This is something that I've never seen or haven't proved to myself, but this is what I've heard from other people that have done this, okay? This is something that I'm going to be testing more, and I may not come across a cracked heat X again till the fall. So this could take me some time to do. So I want your feedback on this. If you guys have done it and noticed this or not. Um, and by the way, when you guys give me feedback, I noticed on a, uh, a podcast app that I listen to podcasts on, I went into my own podcast and I noticed there's comments here and people asking me questions. The problem with that is I don't get notification of that. I just noticed it there. So if you guys want to reach out to me and ask me anything, um, the best way to do it is through Instagram, um, like a, a direct message, through Facebook Messenger, okay? Or you can email me at gary at hvacknowitall.com because I'm not going to get these, uh, these comments or messages and all these podcasting apps because I don't get notification of it. So going forward, guys, that's three ways you can contact me to give me feedback or ask me questions. The other thing I wanted to bring up was now is a good time to get your hose seals changed out on your gauges. Get them fresh and ready because guess what, guys? It's almost the end of January. Spring will be here before you know it. Okay, I'm hoping it comes real quick because I'm done with this cold weather, to be honest with you. So the Yellow Jacket Pick, super, super great tool to get those uh, squashed down seals that have been in there for too long because I know some of you techs have leave, left your seals in there for too long. Some techs don't even know that they got to be changed. Okay, so if you're listening to this and you've never changed them before, now you know that pick will scrape those things out with ease. Okay, you put in a new seal, use a little bit of Nylog as an assembly lubricant. Boom, Bob's your uncle. Uh, speaking of Nylog, I had co-worker today he was helping me out leak on a little condensing unit on the discharge line flare puddle of oil underneath so i had him remove the uh the gas from the machine recovered it and take the flare apart look at it make sure it's good not cracked or anything like that and then we put nylog or he put nylog on the seat of the flare connected it back up pressure tested to just below 300 psi i believe it was and no bubbles, everything held. So Nylog is great for that stuff, okay? Non-toxic because it's made from refrigeration oil. All right, you heard the Cool Air Products ad off the top. Guys, go to their website, coolairproducts.net. I've tested their stuff. I know it works. It's available at truetechtools.com with the 8% discount, all right? So if you guys are into it, you guys want to test it out for yourself, it's available for you to do so. Field Pulse, guys, you want their 14-day free trial fieldpulse.com forward slash HVAC know-it-all. Okay, their app Simply Send is totally free for invoicing and estimating. Okay, you can download that from the Play Store or the App Store. All right, 
that's there for you guys to use at your leisure. All right, guys, I know a lot of guys and gals have been waiting for this podcast. Um, ever since we mentioned HRVs a while back, um, we had a lot of questions. Hey, where can I find the podcast? When's the podcast coming out? And that was actually just a, a picture that I posted sharing um, another Instagram follower's uh, message and announcing he was coming on the podcast. So when I saw that, all those questions, I'm like, you know what? We have to do a podcast on HRVs slash ERVs. So we got Jean with us today. How you doing, Jean? Hey, pretty good, Gary. How are you? I, I'm doing awesome. Um, it's raining a little bit, but the temperature has risen from this um, minus 30 stuff that we were experiencing um, over the weekend. So same here. That's, that's, that, that, that is a bonus. Yeah, so we're getting yo-yo temperatures once more. So, <laughs> yeah, Up we go down, we go. Yeah, so, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I can I can deal with. Um, so we're at about one degree right now. So that's about thirty-three, thirty-four degrees Fahrenheit, one degree Celsius. So we're doing we're doing pretty good now. So okay, let's let's get into this. And you're sure. you're, you're you're a senior tech with Venmar, correct? Yes, I am. Yeah. For, okay. Uh, since nineteen eighty-six. Wow. So that's that's a long time. So yeah. what? What is Venmar and what kind of stuff, like what do they offer and, and, and what is Venmar exactly? Okay, Venmar is a company that is dedicated to uh, manufacture, uh, design, uh, heat recovery ventilator, uh, so HRVs in fact. So that started pretty much in the uh, later, uh, latter 70s when ventilation is starting to be requested by homeowners because tightness, air tightness started because of the oil crisis if we go back those years, right? So uh, heating costs went up uh, like crazy in a few years. So we built it tighter homes so therefore we have come to the right moment or the right time the right place so we started to do ventilation system and it's installing attics and we developed uh, in the 80s through HRVs and ERVs and now we're in this since uh, thir- 40 years almost in fact in 2019 we'll be turning a 40 years uh, company uh, that exists Wow congratulations that's awesome thank you so um, yourself, um, you've been with Venmar yeah. for for 33 years. So what what yeah. what kind of it, what other background and stuff do you have in the trade? Like how did you come up and and educating yourself on ventilation and and the the trade of heating and and, and air conditioning and and HVAC as a whole? Well, the interest came pretty much early in my uh, career that I started working for uh, a mortgages company that uh, were uh, doing homes, residential houses, and I inspected a lot of homes, and it became like something that I loved. So I constructed my own house back in the 80s and uh, had been dealing with that and all the issues that a new, uh, new housing has been uh, experiencing back then and still today about heating costs, uh, bad ventilation. And also what interests me is that uh, I had a son, okay, I still have a son, that used to suffer a lot of asthma back then, okay? And just by putting an air exchanger, his life was changed uh, from one day to another. 
So uh, experience that uh, meant that, I, well, I think I'm in the right job. So so I uh, evolved with the company starting, you know, with small units. Uh, we had four SKUs back in the days that I started for the company and one called the Air Exchanger. It was a mixing box and not an HRV. And since then, now today, we're handling over uh, perhaps 125 different HRV SKUs at wow. this time. So uh, there's a lot of water that uh, flowed under the bridge since. So I evolved in that field. So I'm at customer service level. So I started Young Tech and then senior and then trainers for North America. I've been traveling also throughout the country. So I can teach installers and dealers how to install them, troubleshoot them, uh, balancing it and all the works where this unit goes into what application. And uh, that's pretty much my job. Awesome. So I'm I'm uh, I'm very confident with your knowledge that we're going to help a lot of people um, on this podcast and educate a lot of people. So I think the one of the major questions is when it comes to yeah. ERV and HRV, um, what right. is the, what is the difference between the two of them? Okay, H, what they have in common, okay, both of them, is that they both recover heat. That means when we're exhausting our 22 degree out of the house, okay, to uh, flow it outdoor, we're transferring a part of that heat to the incoming air from outside and getting temperature uh, comfortable inside the house. So, for example, uh, if I have an outdoor degree of zero degree freezing point and I heat my house at 22, once the air passes through the 22 decor, it will transfer its heat to zero to up to almost 18 degree. So 18 degree is in fact the uh, gain, okay, or the heat that I sh- should have lost if I, if I was exhausting that with a standard bath fan, okay. So I'm transferring that heat to the incoming air and delivered at 18 degrees. So what I'm losing in fact is four degree. So both ERVs and HRVs have the same the same path, okay, or same function. The ERV, what it will do plus is that it will recover moisture and transfer it back to its source. So for example, if I take a very, very cold area in our country, it's called Winnipeg. I think everybody knows Winnipeg. Win- I think I think we call it Winterpeg, right? Yeah, I agree <laughs> with you. I was about to say that. So you yeah. beat me to the punch. Okay. So uh, in that case, I've seen homes dry, okay, as low as 15% RH indoor. So imagine the in-comfort of a dry house and, not, and also not forgetting about the uh, structure of the house. Okay, that dries up. All right, so I have to. We have to elevate that moisture at least at 30, 40 percent. So what do we do about those homes? So they need humidifiers. HRV has the role of taking out moisture, but ERV is meant to transfer about 60% of that moisture back indoors so you can keep it more comfortable and at the same time having good fresh air inside your house. Okay, and awesome. that's the way it works. And also for summer, for a short period of summer, we have to consider that we don't want moisture to come in into our house. Take Toronto, for example, or the greater GTA. It's very humid zone. You're cr- cr- close to the Great Lakes. You've got a lot of moisture to handle over there. So we don't want that moisture to come in. So if I have an air conditioner to keep it drier inside the house for summer months, the outside moisture will return to its source. So that makes it easier to have a uh, 
controlled environment inside your house and having low moisture and always exchanging. So these are the two peaks. That's what an HRV does. HRV, recovers heat, gets rid of excess moisture. ERV recovers heat and recovers moisture to put it back. So where we're uh, sending our systems for, I have a house, okay, with six people, two dogs, okay, and I have a lot of moisture built, HRV. I have this house that's occupied by couple, no kids. They're, the house is inoccupied most of the time. These houses will come dry. So by having a humidifier, the ERV will take care of that. So we got these two units. And ERV is a trend. And why I'm saying this is that 30 years ago, moisture on the windows was the big homeowner's concern. Mm -hmm. Okay, So yep. HRVs were purchased by that. So the fall time, okay, in autumn, that's when the, uh, the season, ventilation season starts, okay? Today, it's year-long. Why? Because now it's mandatory to install HRVs in new homes. So every province got its codes, uh, OBC, that's the Ontario Building Code, we got the Quebec Building Code, there's the Alberta, and they're always pushing on the HRVs. In some provinces, it's mandatory, and some provinces is commissioned. So ERVs and HRVs is no longer a window problem solution. It is now a, uh, a, a, a the lung of your house, so you can breathe easy inside the house. That's it. Yeah, so... So as you're explaining the, the difference there, so how, how do we how do we transfer or how do we we take that moisture back um, with an oh, ERV? How how does that oh. happen? Okay, that's what we call an ERV course or an energy re uh, recovery core. The, the recovery core is made out of polymer. And that polymer, in fact, is a sheet of paper that would be polymerized with what we call desiccant. So desiccant is a salt, okay? What does salt do when it's moist, when it's moist all around it? It absorbs it, right? Mm -hmm. So I have my flow of air coming out of the house that's humid just to be comfortable inside the house. That moisture, in fact, will be absorbed by that, uh, that polymer sheet of paper and will transfer back to the drier air mass that's going back inside the house. So it's a moisture transfer from one stream to another. Yeah, that, that, make, that, make, that makes a lot of sense. So, so I, I've seen, I've, and you can tell me the difference between this and which one is more efficient. I've seen the HRV slash ERVs with, with the little... Um, the, yeah. the box that goes in kind of like on a diamond shape. And then, yeah. then you, you see the other ones that have a wheel that spins. It, yeah, what's, that's what what's, we what's call a thermal wheel. Okay. It, it has the, it's a, a parallel flow instead of a cross flow. So the thermal wheel go, it does the same thing. The airstream going out is humid. It absorbs it. And when it turns into the fresh air supply, the uh, humidity is released back inside the house. The difference is, is that thermal wheel is an additional part, an additional mechanical part, okay, that requires more maintenance and more costly to operate. So thermal wheels are mostly now industrial or commercial application because it's worth it to have something in that manner. But we have developed a core that is non-mechanical, okay, and it will do the same job and it's evolved, okay, from the thermal wheel in the 1980s and develop to an ERV core. So thermal wheels is a good concept, but now it's been uh, more is used in commercial application and no longer in residential application. Gotcha. Okay. So so let let's let's keep it simple and and right. take this take this next step and, and just keep it um 
to, to the residential kind of sector because it, sure. it, it, it simplified that way. So let's say we have, we, 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 we may place our order for the HRV or ERV, whichever, and then we hang it up in the home. Now, yeah. now what do we do? How, how do we, how do we duct it in um, to the system to, to get the op- optimum exchange of air? Okay, so the simple method, in fact, to install it in HRV is that when we have a forced air system already deducted to the house, we supply the air to the uh, return air of your furnace. Return air of the furnace picks it up yep. and flows it into every room of the house equally. Okay, if we do not have a system, okay, that means we uh, like here in Quebec mostly baseboards. So this is what we call independent install. That means we're going to dedicate supply line of fresh air into all the bedrooms, and one per level. Okay. Exhausting air, we're going to take that air and travel through the house to get to some areas like we can cover bathrooms, we can cover laundry room, and we can cover uh, what we call a powder room or the, uh, what do you call it, uh, powder room is probably the right term. So that means I'm exhausting air out of areas that I pollute and I'm supplying air back into the, fur- into the either furnace, if we have, if we do not have it, we we supply it into living rooms and bedrooms. So that's essentially what the system is. So we take we take the the the, the outside air coming in to the home and we put it into the return and then the air that we want to get rid of comes from the supply. Is that, is that how right. we do it? Okay. It awesome. comes from the it comes from the uh, either dedicated into bathrooms or there's a simplified installation that we can tie both fresh air and install air, uh, stale air, out of the plenum from the cold air return. That's another method. Okay, awesome. And there's an independent install, yep. supply all the, all the bedrooms at every level, and exhaust air directly out of bathrooms. And we have the uh, connected to the return for the supply and still exhaust out of the bathrooms. And we have the simplified install that both of them are installed on the cold air return. So do you have um, a website with kind of pictures and stuff that, that, that shows bet. this? Okay. You so bet. What, what's the you, website? It's uh, www.venmar.ca. Okay, and where would they go on the homepage of the website to find these? these There's a frequently asked questions section that okay. pretty much summarize it, and you can directly download a, any manual that will, inst- that will show the installation. Awesome. That, that, that's so all very of cool. our products are live, and all the updates, all the technical sheet, all the manuals are available on our website. That's that's very cool. So one of the questions this kind of pertains to the 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 install and, and setup. And one of the questions I had from yeah. um, somebody on social media is: Do we have to balance an HRV, or do we just kind of shove it in, turn it on, and that's it? No, we have to balance it. Okay, how do we go about balancing it? Okay, balancing it is to ensure that the quantity of air that's introduced it matches the air that goes out. So we have to be neutral pressure. Okay. So for example, negative pressure, everybody knows what that is. That means I'm exhausting air directly out of the house. So a kitchen fan is the proper example. A bad fan is another example. Even your house dryer is the same thing, okay? This means you're exhausting air. How, how does air replace itself? 
it flows into the uh, the house from every hole that exists because even no even knowledge tells us that our house are tight but there's still some air leaks okay mm -hmm. so i'm exhausting air i'm trying to avoid a negative pressure and certainly not a positive that means bringing more air inside the house than leaving the house this means the air okay will try to leave the house by penetrating the walls so if we have humid air what's going to happen so we want neutral so if if I'm exhausting 150 cubic feet per minute, I'm trying to supply the 150 CFM, same thing. So a balance system is required. Yeah, that, that how, do we, how do we go by that, okay? We have some uh, pressure taps that it will be used by our installer that will in fact use a manometer, insert those pressure taps with a hose. You will have a reading. We have a chart that tells you, okay, sir, you're reading 0.25 on your scale. This means you're having 150 CFM. Good. I'm measuring the other flow. Okay, sir, because you got longer docks on this side, you will have 120 CFM. Whoops, discrepancy. What do I do? I take down the 150 down to match the 120, and that's it. So I'm equalized with the house. So how how do we take how do we how do we we dampen that air down? Is it um... all of our system has integrated dampers that you adjust accordingly? Ah, gotcha. So is is there any um, do you offer any product that has like an ECM motor where it's programmed? <laughs> yes. pro it's yes. programmed instead of using dampers to adjust the air. Well, what is the um, uh, the opportunity with an ECM motor is that it's adjustable by the blower and and not dampering it down. Okay? That's right. Yeah. So that means I'm reducing my RPMs instead of cutting down the air from a an air damper. Okay, that always augment the pressure and always augment the sound as well. So therefore, we have adjustable uh, ventilators, so RPMs. So we can vary the unit to a high. Some models that we hide, you can start by 50 cfm and you can rise it up to 250 cfm if you want to. Wow. Okay. That's, so that's ECM motors is the future. And uh, that's where we're going. So the standard PSC motor will disappear very, very, very soon. Yeah, no, they're already starting to disappear. And <laughs> fortunately for me, I don't, I don't work. Well, I shouldn't say fortunately because I'm going to have to work on the bench. I don't really see a lot of ECM motors um, running around because I don't do a lot of residential work. Most of the motors I work on are three-phase. They're powered up and they, they run full-time. And I'm starting to see a little bit more of it coming into commercial but mm -hmm. not a ton of it. There's a lot. I know there's tons of ECM motors in the residential. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, section. it starts by your own furnace, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. ECM yeah. motors started there because that was the blower that consumed more power anywhere else inside the house. Okay? Yeah. yeah. So it, it, the, 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 uh, the uh, EBM motors, uh, ECM motors, uh, has been popular with the furnaces right now. So, And now, don't forget that we got a new player in, uh, in the certification of an HRV or an ERV. We got Energy Star. And Energy Star requires that you consume less power per CFM. So that means the power consumed by the unit is lower than it was before. So, for example, at a speed of 64 cubic feet per minute, a PSC motor, that means a permanent split capacitor motor, will in fact consider 67 watts. And if I compare it to an ECM motor, that same CFM, 26 watts. Yeah, instead of 67. 
So that drops down the cost of operating the unit. So therefore, Energy Star will label those units as saying, okay, this unit here has a lower consumption than anybody else that didn't uh, apply to be Energy Star. So all of our system, except maybe one or two, in fact, are Energy Star uh, certified. That, that's really cool. So And that takes ECM Motors to reach that goal. Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to ECM Motors, there's a lot of techs out there that, that they might uh, feel intimidated uh, by, by them going up and troubleshooting. So do you offer any sort of troubleshooting tool or chart or, or anything online that helps troubleshoot these ECM motors? And, yes, and we do have in, even, uh, we do have what we call error codes that will appear either on some models on the controls yep. or either directly on a unit with a flashing LED that tells the uh, the installer or the homeowner, I have a problem, I have a, I have a situation. Okay, so for example, we have a amber light flashing, the unit has stopped, that indicates a, the I, uh, directly to the damper motor operation that is in fact defective. So we change the damper motor, the error code is erased and the system starts all over again. And uh, like I'm saying, a lot of uh, a lot of people are sometimes scared of these units. You don't have to be. What are they in fact? They have three components, two mechanical, one electronic. The electronic is the brain. That's what operates the unit to open its dampers. That's the first mechanical part. And the, sec and the second mechanical part is the blower. So the only problems you can have is either the damper motor or the blower. And if they get stuck, they can always pick up the phone and give you a call too, right? And give us a call <laughs> yeah. also as well. And, yeah. Or download the troubleshooting section that appears on the manual also as well. Yes, we do have a toll-free line number for uh, for our installers, so they can uh, call us up directly from the job site. So therefore, give me five minutes. Give what, me ten. What is the, uh, you'll find a problem. What's, what's that number? You might as well throw it out there. Okay, that's the phone number, 1-800-567-3855. That's the general number. Okay. 1-800-567-3855. The, guy, the guys can just hit that little rewind 15-second button to listen to that again when they're, yeah. when they're listening to the podcast. Okay, cool. So um, the next thing I wanted to ask you, and we kind of briefly talked about this last week when we had a little conversation, is that was like when – how to control it, first of all. What yeah. sort of controls – do we need to, 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 to run um, the unit and when should we run it? And there's also, and I talked about my home, I got one, a controller on the wall that has high speed, low speed and mm -hmm. intermittent. And you talked about mm -hmm. some months of the year where we should be changing stuff up. So you want to get into that, that a little bit. First, sure. first start, what, what should we have on the wall to control these things? Okay, most of the time, okay, most of the time, let's say on a yearly basis, most of the time you can run it on minimum speed. So that means the unit always gives you a little bit of air, but continuously, but slowly. And that's where the energy savings is the most important is when it's used on low speed. That's where the efficiency comes. If you're going too fast, the energy transfer is less. Okay, so we're starting with the minimum speed continuously. When is it the time to change it? High speed, I'm asking you that question. Okay, so let's be uh, interactive. When would you use it? When would I use high speed? Yeah. Um, I'll give well, you a hint. It doesn't happen every day. It happens maybe a few times a year. A few times a year. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I definitely wouldn't want to use high speed when it's very, very cold outside or very, very warm or humid outside. Yeah, that's right. That's okay. Right. 
But so, my question is to you, Gary, when would you use it? When would I use it? Yeah, you're putting me on the spot. So I'm going to let you answer that so I don't put my okay. foot right <laughs> Okay, so I'm Gary for two seconds. I okay. would use it when I have a party in my house and a lot of people. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. yep. I would use high speed because I just cooked a lot of stuff and it smells all around the house. I want to get rid of it fast. Yeah. So high speed is the only time that you should use it is out of the ordinary circumstances. That's it. So that doesn't happen often. So that's it. And we have also intermittent. That means that takes it down to 20 minutes per hour instead of full time. So that means uh, 20 minutes on low speed. When would I use this? When I'm out of the house. Mm-hmm. When it gets very cold outside during the winter months and or July and June when it gets humid. I reduce my ventilation rate. I don't want too dry air. I don't want humid air. So I take it down. Gotcha. So in other words, that minimum speed should be used continuously. Maximum speeds only in certain circumstances. 20 minutes when we're getting very cold. And we have another mode very commonly used in Quebec more than outside Quebec. Why? Because we're using it to research the air. That means I'm just... Turning the air around, I'm not exchanging any more outside. Yeah. So let, let me have a mode see that. That, Yeah, sorry, that's a sorry. mode that's more common, commonly used in Quebec because our our main system is the baseboard. You guys got a uh, forced air system that moves the air around. Yeah, that, that's right. And I, and, and I wanted to ask you this, and, and I, I brought this up when we talked last. In, in my home, um, so I've, I, I've got an HRV, and what I did was I took out um, – mm-hmm my CO2 uh, monitor and, and I checked, checked the CO2 in the home and it was above 1100, which I'm like, wow, well that's kind of, I don't like that. So I went over to the uh, controller and it was, the HRV was off. So I put it onto high speed. And then the next morning I came and checked again, we were down to just over 700 uh, okay. parts per million CO2, right. which is way better. So can we integrate uh, a CO2 sensor into any of the controllers to, to contain it? We do not have any CO2 controller as a manufacturer, okay? But there are contacts on our system, okay, that would, in fact, trigger the unit to work on high speed. So it's a contact directly on our uh, PC board that when you close the contact, that's a little bit more technical, the unit goes to a high speed and it's overriding the main wall control. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I wouldn't suggest to have a CO2 detector uh, example at minus 32 outside, and it takes one full day to eliminate it. So, therefore, we're going to have other problems instead. <laughs> Maybe less CO2, but very low moisture as well. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. I guess you've given given us a lot of great information here, and I'm really um, – I'm really happy with everything you've in in that short little time. You've thrown tons of stuff at us, which is really, really cool. And I wanted to ask you this uh, before we, uh, before we close things off. So Uh tight, tight homes, right? Um, Yes. Besides the benefit of ventilating air, um, why are we, why do we want to ventilate that air in tight homes? Because um, I think that household chemicals and 
VOCs and different stuff like yeah. that is, is, is yeah. in the home, right? And can you speak on a little bit about that? Like just rather than just the people and the humidity and all that, what about the chemicals in the home that we want to get rid of? Well, we have a lot of chemicals uh, in the house that we don't know or we're not aware of, okay? Take all the, uh, let's say, the uh, mechanical room that you're going to store some turpentine or going to store some oil or going to store some paint or all the glue that has been used in your house okay to uh, glue wood uh, glue wood furniture together that takes a lot of VOCs inside the air okay now I'm not a chemical expert on this but there's a lot of volatile organic compound that runs and the fact that we have tied in our houses I mean we're check keeping all the chemicals inside the house and there's a lot of them okay so by exchanging the air we're getting rid of those VOCs that could be nauseous for uh, for for our health okay and also for people that suffers uh, asthma could have uh, big problems with that. Yeah, no, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm definitely an advocate of um, air changes in the home because, and that's uh, why we're promoting the use of the normal speed, low speed, all the time. So you could, you always, you know, filter your air and changing your air continuously. So yes, that, that, that's why we're here. And don't forget, building codes have been writing a mandatory install of these HRVs. That's not for windows. That's for our health. That's for keeping people healthy inside their houses. Yeah, because. Yep. There's a lot of lung disease that grew since the 1980s when we tightened our houses. And we did tighten our house for a good reason. That's to save energy, okay? But there's a downfall to that, and that's what sickness I've developed with that. And as an advocate myself, like I said, when I installed my first air exchanger in my house, my son's life has turned around. Yeah, that's that's incredible, and that, that's that's real life examples of, of of it working. And I'm sure, I'm sure if we sent out a uh, a post and we asked for the feedback on all of these yeah. real real life examples, we would probably get tons and tons and tons of them. So, and um, that's it, man. I think you've given us all we need to know. And if you okay. want to, if you want to go over that website and phone number one more time, just so if yeah. people are interested. Yes, Venmar.ca. And the phone number is 1-800-567-3855. And the answering machine will tell you if you have a range hood, because don't forget, uh, plugging the uh, plugging our company, we do manufacture range hood as well under yep. the Venmar brand. Cool. Yeah, ra- range hoods are important too, especially for gas stoves and that too, right? So, That's right. Uh, so, and you have the air exchangers. Choose the air exchanger. You'll get the technical support, and you'll be able to ask your questions. Sounds awesome. Well, um, stick on the phone, Jean, with me for just yeah. a, a few minutes, and we'll sure. say but we'll say bye to the listeners. And you guys have a great day, and I'll talk to you in the outro. Have a good one. Okay. All I got to say is, wow, incredible info, Jean. Thank you very much for all of that information. I learned so much, and I'm sure all of you people out there listening also learned. And I think that we can say the intimidation factor of an HRV or an ERV has shrunk a little bit now. All right. Since the intimidation factor has shrunk for you guys, now you can go forward and educate your customers on the benefits of an ERV for the health of the home, the health of the occupants in the home. Okay. If they don't have an HRV, it's something that you can bring up to them. If they have an existing one, maintenance plans are needed on these things because guess what? You open one up that hasn't been maintained in a long time. It can get kind of gross inside. 
um, depending on the atmosphere of the home as well, right? Pets, smokers, you name it. So guys, going forward, you're educated. That uh, intimidation factor should be minimized. Again, thank you, Jean. You provided a website and a phone number. You guys work on Venmar equipment. You know how to reach him, and he's there to help. I'm out, guys. Have an awesome day. Happy HVACing.